Hello, and welcome to Walking with the Tengu, a podcast exploring classic texts for the modern martial artist. Today we're going to talk about the value of solo training, a topic not very controversial in some styles and a bit polarizing in others. Over the last year, I have watched with bemusement after solo training has gone in my own art of BJJ from a barely tolerated or acknowledged practice, with a few notable exceptions, to a relatively well-accepted form of training. In the last month, though, I've started to hear the murmurs of people in my community returning to their old talking points. So I figured it was worth looking a little closer at this issue. Of what value is solo training, especially in a grappling art, though not exclusively? The criticism, as best I understand it, is that solo training is never as good as partner training. I don't think this is an inaccurate observation, but to take it solely on that variable and without context could actually be holding you back. In some styles, there are solo person forms called kata in Japanese and taolu in Chinese. As a side note, When I was first introduced to kata in a Japanese martial art, it was only as a paired practice, not solo. Rather like drills that two people run through together. As best I can tell, solo forms are actually a hallmark of the Chinese martial arts, which speaks to the influence of the Chinese arts on Okinawan karate. The point is, when you hear the word kata, it doesn't necessarily mean only a solo form. It is rather common, at least in the Japanese martial arts, to also mean a paired drill. However, the point here is that in many cases, the expression of these solo forms became, in some cases, a kind of martial dancing. That's not to say that all are, but it's a fair criticism that there is enough martial dancing going on out there that it's understandable how a person might not realize that some solo forms can actually be something else. Consider for a moment boxing. I've had some training in this, and there were both set pattern drills and shadow boxing, both done without a partner. Jab, cross, hook, uppercut, slip. There were pattern drills that my teacher ran me through that were for all intents and purposes a solo kata. The next step up was shadow boxing, where we broke the form in a sense, and there was a bit more free flow in imagining what a partner was doing in our mind and then making our body do something in response. Much to my surprise, a few years ago, I found that there is also shadow grappling in some forms of Greco-Roman and folk-style wrestling. I mean, seriously, get online and do a search for videos using the terms shadow wrestling. Apparently it's a thing. Which, when I first found this out, made me a little annoyed with my own community in BJJ. They've long scoffed at the idea of solo training, Even now, I still hear people look down on it as if it is a waste of time. And I suspect there are two parts to this. The first we've already talked about. Being a martial art, a lot of them think of solo forms when they think of solo training, and are baffled at the idea that anyone could do solo forms in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. The second reason is simply that the best way to train any grappling art, and many other martial arts, is to actually do it with someone else. It is hard to simulate another person. 
I've used grappling dummies, and they're okay for figuring out the mechanics of certain moves. I've also used a heavy bag laying on the ground to work on techniques that involve me mostly on the top of an opponent. Maybe off to the side, once in a while underneath. But each is only useful in limited ways. Really, the best training I can get is with another live human being who is working with me to train the art. Let's think about this for a moment. Do we scoff at a dumbbell because it doesn't work all our muscles? No, there are tools out there for those. So in a sense, a dumbbell is limited. And as I've already said, a lot of training is best done with another person. Note here the word best. When the best training isn't possible, you have two options. To do nothing, or to do training that is less than best. Now, we might have been conditioned to recoil or look down on something that was not done in the best way possible. Yet, this viewpoint is really rather narrow and results in missed opportunities. Is taking the stairs really the best way to train your body? No, of course not. Is it better than taking the elevator? Well, in many cases, yes. Is it the end-all, be-all of training, then? Of course not. It's a small thing. The point of solo training, then, is in finding small ways to hone our body, mind, and skills when the best, or most optimal, training is not available. Unless your job involves training, you probably aren't going to spend the majority of your time training. Most of us, then, have large gaps in between training periods. You can either let those gaps sit completely empty, devoid of any purpose, or you can find small ways to inject meaningful bits of training into your everyday life. Grappling is probably the oldest human martial art, and likely predates the written word. It is a quintessential human activity found in all time periods and cultures everywhere in the world. In that sense, it might also simultaneously be both the most primitive form of a martial art and the most fundamental. There's a saying in Chinese, Wu Shu Jia Jiao, Yu Shuai Yu Gao. Add wrestling to your martial arts and everything will improve. And the funny thing is, most of these older styles of cultural folk wrestling have solo training exercises. The point of these, in many cases, was to support building a grappler's body. Perhaps you've heard of Judo's Uchikomi practice. Spend some time online, and you'll find there are whole hosts of solo exercises and drills to improve one's Judo. Likewise, Sumo has leg lifts, squats, splits, footwork, and striking among their solo practices and exercises. Shuaijiao, Chinese jacket wrestling that looks rather like Judo from the outside, has in its Jibin Gong, or basic exercises, an entire curriculum of Banzikong, or solo training, each designed to strengthen major muscle groups, the reaction times, and flexibility necessary to perform Shui Jiao throws. Again, to build the grappler's body, so to speak. Hindu, or Indian wrestling, has a whole host of exercises as well. Maybe you've heard of the Hindu push-up or squat. Their tradition has a long list of bodyweight exercises meant to hone the body into a tool for grappling. And the list goes on. Now, I happen to be a grappler, so I focus on that. But as I mentioned with boxing before, numerous other martial arts have solo exercises. 
I've seen them in kendo, and of course there are arts where solo exercises are almost their entire practice. I do have to acknowledge that if your training consists only of solo practice, you're probably missing out on some even better methods of training. Consider if I only ever practiced swimming techniques on dry land. Unless I got in the water at some point, I'd never really know if my swimming technique was any good. And quite frankly, it's entirely possible that without testing it in the water, I could develop some serious bad habits that would hinder my actual ability to swim. The point being that I see solo practice as a supplement to paired practice and training with resistance. It can be critical fundamental exercises necessary for your development, but it can't be the only training method. So this podcast is ostensibly about looking for wisdom in the past. So who else has talked about this principle? There is a quote often attributed to Abraham Lincoln, though there's no evidence he ever said it. As best I can tell, it is more likely attributable to an anonymous lumberjack now lost to the mists of time. Due to this, and the slow viral nature of the quote spread during the pre-internet days, you'll find several variations on the quote, but they all communicate the same point regardless. Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. If the axe is your martial art, your force multiplier, tool, or weapon, in a sense, then your body, mind, and skills are how sharp you make your axe. You can chop trees all day long, and yes, there's nothing quite like refining your technique on an actual tree. But if you don't ever sharpen your axe, it eventually won't work. There might also be a lesson buried in here about overtraining. Over time, while chopping trees, that would be in actual partner training, If you don't take time to stop and sharpen your axe, that is to take care of your body and mind, eventually your axe will get dull and possibly break. Sharpening your axe, your tools, is the purpose of solo training. To build the strength, flexibility, and reflexes to use your body in the expression of your art. If your art has solo exercises already, great. Keep it up. Maybe delve into it a bit further and find additional places to work on it. And let's be honest, solo exercises and the fundamentals are going to be pretty boring. This is why it's important to make it a habit. We make plenty of bad habits through repetition and keep them up without thinking. How about setting the intention of making a good habit? Then it won't be so hard to keep it up. If your art doesn't have solo exercises or you've never been exposed to them, look them up. We live in an age where the problem isn't access to information, it's not utilizing the resources at our very fingertips. Instead of using the device in your pocket to look at cat pictures and argue with strangers online, see if you can find some simple solo exercises for your martial art. If your art simply doesn't have anything, then find a practice similar to yours, and look at what they have. Finally, if you just can't figure anything out, then look at non-art-specific strength and flexibility bodyweight methods calisthenics and yoga when we really get down to it. Incorporating some squats, push-ups, sit-ups, and burpees into your daily life is really quite simple and requires only consistency. Also, find ways to vary it. I have several sets of solo exercises that work different skills that I run through, others that are a mixture. One of my favorites involves practicing a takedown, then some transitional movements from the top, 
followed by some transitional movements if someone is on top of me, then working my way safely back to my feet. Rinse and repeat. I mean, really, when we get down to it, how is that any different than a solo kata? It can be done slowly and carefully in just about any space on any surface. I've done it on top of a mountain and in my hotel room, and I've done it with my kids crawling on me. There's always room to do a little training. All that limits you is your commitment to a small daily practice and the research necessary to figure something out. To start, I recommend finding three extremely basic exercises. Learn them individually, and then learn how to put them together in different ways. It may take an extra transitional motion to move from one to the other, but that's okay. That's a clue on somewhere you can find another solo exercise you can practice to link the two you already have. Again, I realize this isn't as good as training with a partner, but it sure is a lot better than sitting around not doing anything. Boredom with the fundamentals is not an excuse. They are the foundation of your house, and it doesn't matter how beautiful of a house you build on top of it, if your foundation, your fundamentals, is weak, the rest of it will eventually collapse. And don't restrict yourself to only physical exercises. The breath is critical to all martial arts. If you can't control your breathing, especially in a high-stress combative incident, you will significantly lower your ability to perform your martial art in the defense of yourself or another. I'll leave you with a quote I heard from my Shui Jiao instructor. Lian Chuan Bu Lian Gong Yi Dao Lao Yi Chong Gong If you don't practice your fundamentals, when you are old, your martial arts will be empty. That's all for today. Please help the podcast out by sharing and telling people about it. The best way you can help us is just by letting people know that it's out there and what it's got you thinking about. Thank you for listening and talk to you again soon.